Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Sweet Sounds Radio Show, where we play inspirational jazz. So, new and old, I am Leah Hinton, and welcome. Thank you all for joining. We have a great show here today. Uh, we played a our artist, our spotlight artist of the day. We played their song last week. We debuted their song last week, and here we have our interview. And we're gonna play their song again. <laughs> so stay tuned in joining us today. Um, our spotlight artist of the day is Dean Irwin. And you are going to get a look into all that it goes into putting together a song, arranging, getting the musicians together, recording, and all of the above. And and you're going to get a closer look into the life of a musician. So let's go ahead and get into it. Our first song of the day is the cover of Bob Marley's It's Love, performed by Corinne Bailey Ray. heard Corinne Bailey Ray with It's Love, a cover uh, originally done by Bob Marley. And we are going to get into the interview right now. Here is my sit down chat with musician, bass player, arranger, producer, and my uncle, 
<laughs> Dean Irwin. Okay. So, Uncle Dean. <laughs> or shall I say, Dean Irwin. Musician, <laughs> musician artist. Artist. And all of the above. Yeah. Arranger, everything. Producer. Crazy. So, how are you feeling about your release? You know, I'm very happy about it. Um, it's it's a weird feeling, but I asked for it, and it's here. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been good. I, I'm enjoying it. Um, the whole experience has been been one that's been very educational, um, and um, learning a lot, still learning. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the fruits of the labor so far are great. Just um, hearing the reactions from people, my friends, and and the other people who mm -hmm. listen to it. And um, everyone seems to like it, so that's that's pretty. That's good. That's good. How long has this been in the works? Well, um, I started dabbling around with writing maybe in 2004, 2005. Mm -hmm. um, I would have a pad at work, my other job I was in at that time, and I started writing down just things, just to help cope with stuff I was dealing with at the time. Um, but I was also accumulating more equipment at home. I started getting a mixer and I had a better computer and keyboard. And um, yeah, I started kind of dabbling with, with music and, and writing stuff back then. Deja Vu actually started, took form around 2014. Um, and it was first envisioned as just a straight ahead reggae tune. Um, just Nothing else but reggae music. Uh, but I couldn't find, or I wasn't satisfied with any of the bass lines that I could come up with for what I heard in my mind. And it took a little while to figure that stuff out. And um, then I, uh, I talked to Ivan, the drummer, um, uh, on the song. Yeah, 2016, all about different structures, different keys, chords, format, the whole deal. And um, and then it kind of sat that I didn't do anything on the song for like a year or so. Um, just I was busy gigging and working and all this stuff happening. I just didn't mess with it at all. And I came back to it and we talked about it again. And I got a mapped out what we want as far as what we thought it would sound like and then one day he calls me and says hey man how have we tried this I'm like yeah let's try that and did that recorded drums and he recorded the, the initial keys like the keys again at the very beginning of the song that's him playing those keys came up with that in 2020 i'm gonna be home i'm not doing anything. i have more time because i'm at home and i wanted to stay busy want to just be around not doing anything and so I decided to go back in and push through it and um, yeah so it's been churning around since 2014 so it took basically six years for it to come to fruition but in 19 then 2020 everything really came together
That right there was Redbone by Childish Cambino, and we are back into our chat. And so how'd you get all the musicians together? And and what what went into your you know, thought process of who to select and, and all that? I, you know, that's a good question, because, you know, there, I have a, a wide selection of musicians, you know, here in North Carolina to choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to, once Shout out North Carolina, because you live in North Carolina. Hey, hey. <laughs> Once we knew what the format of the song would be, um, I tried to find people um, I thought would complement that style. That's uh, not to say that no one could have done it, but I, that, I think that if you, if you establish yourself as being as having experience in a particular genre, then that's a good person to start with. And then if they couldn't do it, they can Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, yeah, so it was kind of. I knew a couple of people that I wanted from the very beginning. From so from from the format that the song took place, I knew there's certain people that I wanted with maybe one of them. So I knew that right off the bat because he had mm-hmm. done the song "Kiss Comes Out." That's mm-hmm. great, great production. I love it. Aww. That I wanted you on it, um, not just because of that, but also because of your family. For sure. This works that way for me. You get in the family. <laughs> right. Um, and I knew that Ivan, Ivan was, gonna, was automatically going to be the one to play drums on it. Mm-hmm. And all that remained was guitar and sax. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Scott, who actually, <laughs> Scott, I knew Scott from back in the 90s because Scott was actually. Uh, one of the reggae bands that I play in, the main reggae band that I've played in, was started in, uh, which is Jamrock Reggae Band, mm-hmm. 1995. Mm-hmm. That was actually a second guitar player. And he was already doing jazz stuff from back then. So I kind of knew that I wanted him to play. Uh, saxophone took a little bit of doing because I had someone else in mind for the saxophone, but I could never, we could never get the scheduling right. It just couldn't work. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up um, asking Shana to do it because I work with Shana. Mm-hmm. Um, another reggae band that we play called Dubadis, um, also in Durham, North Carolina. Awesome. And um, I call her up and um, she's willing to do it. Nice. So it, I, yeah, most of the people, everyone, I had a really fairly firm idea already that I wanted them to work. And then if I couldn't get them, then I'd find other people. Right. And then Ivan and, uh, and his company uh, did all the engineering and the mixing and mastering. Right. Um, I did some stuff here at, at home, um, just kind of getting all the tracks together, getting it lined up, kind of make sure everything was okay that we needed to be. Then I had a shot over to him, um, which is great. The, the biggest thing about this whole project was that everything, as you know, was all remote. Exactly. Um, working from home. Yep. Doing their, their bit at home, then everyone sent their tracks, and then I put them in together and then sent to Ivan. And then um, we communicate by email or on the phone and kind of talk it through. So getting into music, how did that start for you? You've done the speed car racing. <laughs> you, you still do you know, engineering and computers, technology, all of that. And how did you get into music? Um, that's interesting. I, you know, music kind of came out as by accident. Mm-hmm. Almost. Um, my family loved to listen to music. Mm-hmm. Um, my father had a lot of records, um, that kind of thing. Didn't really play any instruments. He wanted to play guitar, but he never got around to it. He actually bought a guitar, which I can still have. Um, wow. Yeah, because that guitar, that regular acoustic six string, is what I taught myself to play bass on. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford a bass guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what happened is is my my sister, um, I'm the baby, and my sister's a middle child. My father's sister or aunt was teaching her to play music so she could play and read. And um, I didn't have a particular interest in playing an instrument, but then I watched her play, and I also watched her teach herself to play that same guitar that my dad bought, and it was not a very good guitar. 
not a good guitar. Very hard to play. But she taught herself to play it. I'm like, well, if she can do that, then I can. And so I tried to play guitar, but it wasn't going to work for me. So I just said, well, maybe I can learn to play bass. And I started playing bass on the guitar. And I was listening to music on the radio and trying to play those lines. That's how I taught myself to play. Um, the motivation to learn just kind of happened. You know, it was just like something to do. It wasn't like I was driven to, I never really had any aspirations of being a musician. Um, my plan all along was to um, get into sound engineering. That was the goal. That was, nothing else was gonna stop me from doing that. Even from back then as a teenager, I knew that sound engineering was what I wanted to do. A couple of concerts for high school, where I played a melodica, the air blown little piano thing. Mm -hmm. And um, then another high school I went to, um, because by then I had become a little bit more proficient in playing. And um, I heard a band playing, so I went to the room and like checking it out and they let me come in. And I'm like, yeah, man, can I, can I play the bass? Can I try to play? And like, yeah, go ahead. And I played and they were impressed with my playing that I became the bass player for the band because I didn't have a bass player at the time. And then, then I left and came to the States to go to school. And um, I basically didn't play any instrument. So all that was back home in Jamaica? Okay. And I came here when I was 18 to go to school. And I didn't touch another musical instrument for my entire college career. Um, I just concentrated on my degree, which was broadcasting engineering and, and just equipment and turntables and mixing that's mm. what I and um then i went to graduate school out in iowa and um, met some friends there and um became a little bit more involved with the musical side and played a couple times there got again i didn't own i didn't even own a bass i had to borrow basses and people had basses so i played and kind of learned a little bit more about the instrument then. But really the music side for me didn't kick off in earnest until I came back here to work I'm from grad school. I graduated and came back in 1995 was when I started playing with um, Jamrock Reggae Band, which was a new band on the scene at the time. And um, we were all friends. We all knew each other from, from just hanging out and from racing. And um, we started a band started playing and I got drafted. I, by then I had a bass. I had a friend of mine that I knew at the time had bought me a bass and um, started playing and was like, you know, this is kind of fun. Just give me the night. 
heard Give Me the Night by George Benson. Now getting back into our chat. It's uh, It's been a journey, but it's been a great journey. Um, you know, you look back and see where you started and yeah. how you came up and, and um, you have appreciation. I have a very much a, a great appreciation for um, not only my parents allowing me to do that because mm-hmm. what would happen is on Friday nights and Saturday nights mm-hmm. I'd go in my room close the door with the radio and then they wouldn't see me until the next morning yep that was me too <laughs> you know I'm in here listening to music and trying to play these lines and mm-hmm. my mom would always tell me how she'd hear me trying to play and she'd just shake her head and go and die like <laughs> and um, to go from that to now where, where I, I, I'm able to to um, connect with other people um, of all ranges and experience levels and, and, and make something mm-hmm. and, um, and enjoy mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when you were, you had the guitar, your dad's guitar, so how did you go from guitar to bass? <laughs> well, so when I decided that I wanted to learn to play guitar, <laughs> You're gonna find this very funny. Um, again, since I have no, I had no musical training, I had to learn on my own. And my dad had a record by Wes Montgomery. Um, it's when Wes had gone into his, I guess what people call pop period, where he was doing a lot of um, pop songs and pop covers. He'd done an album. Where he played a lot of Beatles songs. And my dad played an album enough, both at the house and in the car, that I knew the album pretty much inside out. I could actually back then hum Wes's solos. Mm-hmm. I could hum them note for note. So I'm like, hey, I can hum them, I can play it. Right. No, no, huh? Definitely different. Yeah, and again with the guitar that my dad bought, uh, it was just not going to happen. The action is like very high. It's very difficult to play metal strings, and it's just not going to work. And I got frustrated. And then trying to the effort required to play notes and chords, it just wasn't going to happen for me. I don't know how my sister did it, but I, I couldn't do it. And so I, I, I figured if I can't play, if I can't hold three or four strings down, maybe I can hold one. Mm. And that's how it, that's how it went from guitar to bass. Interesting. I really couldn't play the instrument, and you know, I was. I knew that we couldn't afford a real bass guitar, and I knew it. It didn't make sense to ask, so I didn't bother to ask. So I just figured I'd try this. Around how old were you then? Um, 14, 15 years old. So, but did you know that you were doing bass movement? Yes. Like, okay, okay, gotcha. That's cool. I had enough knowledge of, of 
what the instruments were and uh -huh. what it sounded like. Um, I was always one who could hear things that the one else heard in the house. Mm -hmm. um, different parts and different things that that was played that no one would hear it. And I'm like, did you hear that? And I'm like, what? And you have to kind of play it back and I did hear it. And I'm like, so I was one that could hear all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it's just a matter of saying that since I can't hold down, physically hold down multiple strings at once, I just hold down one mm -hmm. play bass. And then the only thing was trying to figure out, remembering that, you know, since it's an acoustic guitar, it's tuned higher. It's, it's mm -hmm. octave. It's and total different tuning, yeah. It's still, it's still correlates. It's still an octave, it just sounds higher. Mm. Nice. That's all a lot of things that Jamaica are, you know, you have to, um, in, in a lot of places that you know, have access to all the things that you like, so you have to kind of make do with what you do have. Or find right. That good old improvisation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Inspiring. Just starting out with that guitar and then learning the bass on your own. That, I mean, self-taught musicians are always like, that's just really amazing to me. It's like, how do you teach yourself? I think once you can learn one, then it's easier to kind of teach yourself another. But like learning that first one, it's like, dang, how do you do that? <laughs> it's fun for me because, I, you know, um, when I was living with my aunt, um, she had tried to get me to take lessons. Yeah. When I was much younger, I had to be like seven or eight. And um, she asked somebody to come, but they were old school, so they made a mistake. They hit you in the knuckles. I don't know. So, so I'm at <laughs> That's not the right thing. And thank goodness that my aunt had enough um, foresight to, to say, don't force him to do it. Mm. Um, so, never forced me to go from that point and I, that is still up to go. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing of learning to play came relatively easily. Um, it didn't require much effort for me to learn and you know because the mechanics were relatively simple mm -hmm. you know, and I, I did read the book that my dad had bought mm -hmm. how to put your fingers. Mm -hmm. But again when you're self-taught you get don't know because there's no one showing you so you get bad habits and then you stick with those bad they, you find that they're bad habits later on right you but you find that they're bad habits and you have to figure out do i really want to change that exactly and you have to do that whole thing yep yes i hope you guys are enjoying the show so far that this is our sit down chat with dean Irwin, which he just released his new song with Dean Irwin and friends called Deja Vu and here we are playing it right now.
You just heard Dean Irwin and Friends with his new song, Deja Vu. And you can go and listen to that song everywhere you find music, stream it, purchase it, listen to it on YouTube, and more. So here we are hopping right back into our chat. And of course, you know, reggae, and you play a lot of reggae, Mm -hmm. of course, that's your roots. Uh, How did this song get molded into, you know, more of a fusion type? What what would you, what kind of style would you call it? Uh, It's, it's, it would probably be a, it would probably end up being like a smooth jazz Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, with with some reggae flavor to it, but yeah, it's it's a fusion, as you say, it's a fusion of of reggae and R and B and jazz all mixed up into one thing. Um, yeah. I do think if you put in kind of category, it would end up being a smooth jazz category. Yeah. Uh, but but it 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 ended up being the way it was just because I couldn't find a way. I wasn't satisfied with any of the bass lines that I could find that would make it work as a reggae song, as a straight ahead reggae song. I was probably being too picky. <laughs> I probably was just being too picky. Yeah. And if I had just said, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and do it and, and see what happens, it probably been the way it was, the way it would have been. But um, looking back now, um, I'm glad that it came out the way it did because it actually is more of a reflection of my personality mm. uh, because I I listen to a little bit of everything mm-hmm. um, I'm not well versed in all of the all of the songs that are out there um, and I tend to stick to a lot of the older material that I grew up with and, and know just because it's comfortable mm-hmm. but I try to keep my ear out for different things like the song you played Sunday, um, the Kenny Jarrett thing, mm-hmm. Wings thing. I, that was love amazing. That yeah, that, I love that one. <laughs> and I asked a friend of mine the next day, it's like, yo, yeah, that song. He knows all of that stuff. <laughs> nice. You know? Yeah. He knew exactly which one I was talking about. Not the album version of Live at the Radium. He knew exactly yeah. from that. So I said the key was like, yeah, that's the one he's talking about. That's that's cool. Yeah, the first time I heard that actually was uh, one of my friends was playing. This was years ago. One of my friends played it at at his performance. He's a drummer, yeah. and I was like, "What was that song? That was nice." That was nice. I love. Yeah, that. I love that one. I'm gonna look for it today. After I text him, like, "Yeah, I gotta go find that." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the song just kind of morphed into what it was, just because I, I couldn't find anything that that I was satisfied with. Yeah. For to make it a reggae tune. Mm-hmm. And so, um, with Ivan's input, um, since he has a lot of flexibility in the R&B and 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 soul genre, mm-hmm. um, we had a good combination and a good agreement as to what the format could be, and yeah. still include um, some aspects of reggae music or dancehall. Right. Gentle, gentle dancehall. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah definitely and i love i love the transitions between the verses from the saxophone to guitar to it it is it's such a cool like it it gives it uh different dimensions with yes. the two i love it yeah it sounded really really cool what, what made you do that instead of just doing one instrument and just the whole time versus multiple instruments I wanted to make sure that everyone got a chance to get heard. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, I, I wanted to make sure that everyone had a chance to, to be heard because it's not. I'm not soloing. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not a great soloist. I will admit that right off the bat. I'm not. I'm not a good soloist at all. I work at it, but I'm not great. <laughs> um, and so the, I just wanted to make sure that everyone could get equal time to be heard and, and to give their input into the song yeah and, and that i think is what makes the song um move so well yeah that everyone gets a chance to shine mm-hmm. um but yet in that course of shining you're still a part of the collective mm-hmm. everybody's on the same road mm-hmm. on the same street you know and everybody has 
the goal set, yeah. which is a great thing about it, considering that everything was done remotely. Right. No one heard anybody else's parts. Right. And then <laughs> that is the cool part about it, because it bring, it really does bring that live Correct. feeling to it, because that's how it is when you're performing. Okay, you take solo, you take a solo, you, you next, you next, you know, it really brings that to life. Yeah, and that's that's why I, I, I wanted it to be. I wanted to have a live feel. Yeah. But I would never, I never expected it um, to, to come out the way it did. I honestly didn't. I just, I didn't know. And you know, you can put things together and you still not get a feeling. Mm -hmm. Know it's done. And there are many people who can feel or tell if a song was recorded that way, remotely and put together. Mm -hmm. um, but this song definitely has and maintained, retained the, the live feel all the way through. If there's something I need, I don't already have. I know I'll get it from a good friend. If there's something I need, I don't already have. I know I'll get it from a good friend. If there's something I need, I don't already have. I know I'll get it from a good friend. If there's something I need, I don't already have. I know I'll get it from a good friend. You just heard Emily King with Good Friend, and here we are, right back into our chat. What do you feel like was the best part of the whole process, or or just what you enjoyed the most? For Deja Vu, just in general. Deja Vu with the song. Uh, the, the best part of doing Deja Vu was actually, um, You know, it was the interaction with everyone, really, because um, it was calling everybody um, or texting or whatever, um, them agreeing to do it. Um, I don't know. It's it's it's. I I think the best part of it was was just when things came together. Yeah. You know. And what what initially inspired the Dionne Warwick song? I've always loved it. Um, I heard it when I was 14. Mm. Came out in November 1979. I was still in Jamaica. Um, my dad was a Dionne Warwick fan. Mm. Um, 
and he played it. He wore it out. He, well, he had the record. He didn't have the record, but he had it on on an eight track cassette. Yeah, eight track. Eight track. So he had an eight track for the house and in the car. Mm. And he wore it out, uh, but <laughs> he did, you know. But they, both my parents, like the song, so you hear them humming it as they're doing something. Mm. And for me, um, specifically, the bass line of the original song and the string arrangement of the original song mm -hmm. um, stood out to me because mm -hmm. um, the, the type of song that it is, I didn't expect the bass to sound that way. I mean, he's playing and he's actually plucking mm. and he's digging in, yeah. still very tasteful. And yeah. the strings on top of that just make it just sound so airy and light. Yes, it uh, does. You know? And that drew me to it. So I've always remembered the song. And um, it, yeah, it just popped in my mind. I, I've never forgotten it. Yeah. Uh, but when I started thinking about doing something, um, that that's what popped in my mind as something that I felt like I wanted to try. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just a cool song. It's just a very cool song. It is a cool song. I'm just an old dude, man. I love old music. I'm stuck in the 80s. I'm stuck in the 80s. I literally am stuck in the 80s. <laughs> that's all right. You got to drag me out and put me That's somewhere. all right. That's <laughs> all right. That was that good, good music then. I'm stuck in the 80s. Who other musicians or artists inspire you? Oh boy, that's a long list. <laughs> it's, it is for everybody. <laughs> it's like, who do I want to talk about right now? There's so many. <laughs> long list. I, you know, um, <clears throat> I, I, well, I put it this way. When I was teaching myself to play mm -hmm. on my father's guitar, I was listening to disco. I was listening to disco and funk and R&B and reggae music, but mostly disco. You know, as far as reggae goes, um, of course, Bob Marley is there because you got to have Bob in the mix. Um, and, and, and especially his bass player, which is um, Aston Family Man Barrett. Um, Sly and Robbie. Um, Sly Dunbar is a drummer and Robbie Shakespeare is a bass player. Um, and they are huge, both in reggae and in other genres. They produced tons of other people. Grace Jones, Pull Up To My Bumper is a Slam Robbie tune mm -hmm. produced by them. Um, they even work with Joe Cocker. That's ridiculous amount of people that they work with. Yeah, that's cool. So Slam Dunbar and Robbie Shakespeare, Bob Marley. Mm -hmm. uh, the third, third World Reggae Band is an awesome reggae band that's been around from when I was a kid. Um, doing excellent music and um, I've always loved how they played and they also had a different kind of sound they had a reggae sound but they also had an army flavor to some of their songs as well which appealed to me um, so you know I love reggae artists but those three groups more people definitely help mold me as far as reggae goes as far as R&B and disco then it's just everybody pretty much but my favorite funk group is Slave Okay. Uh, Slave is a group that came out in the late 70s, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so people who know about Just a Touch and um, watching you and Party Lights, that's Slave. And um, the bass player who passed a while back, uh, his name is Mark Adams. Mm -hmm. His playing made my ears perk up. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so. He's been an, an artist, uh, the group itself, and Mark Allen as a bass player helped definitely um, influence me. And then um, I think uh, one other bass player who I really enjoyed listening to is actually Randy Jackson. But this is the Randy Jackson from American Idol. Mm -hmm. He plays bass. Right. He played for Journey and all these other groups. And he played with, mm -hmm. uh, he played with Michael Walden back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Did a lot of producing for Winnie Houston. Yeah. Had his own records. And the way that he played on those again, it's like, what's that? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And so those two bass players um, definitely are at the top of my list. And But there are tons of others. Mm -hmm.
And that right there was Strasbourg St. Denis by Roy Hargrove. And we are winding down, y'all. But here is the last of our interview. Enjoy. What advice would you give to someone, you know, wanting to do the same? Just to do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, literally just to do it. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, in a sense, one of the other mo- motivations for doing this was, was to show that could be done at any age. Again, mm-hmm. one has to have to figure out what your expectations are mm-hmm. and then and then kind of go with that. Um, your expectations kind of help to dictate your path of what you want to achieve. Uh, if you're looking for a chart buster or a gang buster, then you gotta figure out what you need to do to get that song to that level. Right. Right. Um, I I didn't set my expectations that high because mm-hmm. uh, that's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. I don't think that anyone can say that song's going to be a hit or that song's not going to be a hit. Mm-hmm. That's been proven many times where it didn't happen either way. Exactly. And and not just by regular food, but by people who are well known in the industry. And exactly. Masters. So, you know, you can't necessarily predict that, guarantee that. Right. But my 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 inspirational motivational thing would be simply that yeah if you have if you have a, a desire to do it uh, you should try to do it um, but you should do it as well as you can um, you know you don't have to have fanciest equipment but you need to have something that's decent. Um, you need to acknowledge and recognize your weaknesses and your strengths and where you are weak and find somebody else who can help you. There is enough information and out there that shows you how it's done because everybody already done it. And everybody puts information out to show that it can be done. Good. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. And yeah, I it's it. always I love always love hearing the, the process of of your project because everybody has you know their own story and yeah. I'm hearing about that so yeah that's the other thing I, I think um is great is I think it's helpful for people to know what the process is or it oh, is yeah there's a bit of appreciation of what people had to do to get something done mm-hmm. and this helps as a reference point for other people something on their own like that right yeah the people don't realize all it takes to, to do it they're like when you got the new music when the music coming out well i'm, I'm working on it <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it because it's, it's almost like you're like a promotion at a job when you gotta get a raise when you gotta well i'm working on it this this is like our promotion like we put this project out now we can go to another level so we've learned, we've done it. Now we can do the next level of what we want to do. Congratulations on your promotion. <laughs> yeah, 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 y'all. Hope you enjoyed taking a look into the life of Dean Irwin. He just released his new song, Deja Vu by Dean Irwin and Friends. We just played it here earlier. You can go and check it out everywhere you purchase music. Go follow him. Go support him. And enjoy. All right, we got one more tune for you here. It's Turn the Lights Down by Bob Marley and Lauren Hill. Uh, turn your lights down low. And the pull your window curtain Oh, let your moon come shining in Into our life again Saying, ooh, it's been a long, long time I get this message for you, girl But it seemed I was never on time Still I wanna get through to you, girl On time, on 
Turn Your Lights Down Low by Bob Marley and Lauren Hill. Classic, classic, classic song with classic artists. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I sat down and chatted with Dean Irwin, who just released his new song. And he is our spotlight artist of the day. So go and check it out. Dean Irwin and Friends, Deja Vu. Enjoy it. Go stream it, go purchase it, run those numbers up, share it with your friends, share it with your family, and just enjoy it. Awesome, awesome. Thank y'all for tuning in today. We will be right back here, same time next week, same day, same time. Uh, We got some more interviews coming up later uh, in the next couple weeks. Uh, Got some new music on the way myself. So... Keep it locked. Stay tuned right here with us. And you can follow our Spotify. uh, uh, Search Sweet Sounds Radio Show with Leah on Spotify. And you can find these songs later. I hope you guys have a great rest of your Sunday. I'm Leah Hinton. And I'm out.
Bye.